podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome once again to the Match Day edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm joined by Matt, Andy and James. And we're here to discuss our trip to play Lee Bowyer's Charlton Athletic Team at the Valley. Before we get into that, I think there's something really important that we need to address. I think the fan base have been talking a lot this week. Um, some people have thought it was really, really funny. I think it's incredibly serious. So on that note, Andy, how's your gut? Back on track, baby. We are fine and hot to trot, thank you. Thanks for the uh, overwhelming amount of messages I received. Uh, I feel great. Trot is probably not the right word, is it? Well, I can trot again now. Just before, it was more liquidy. Right, and then there was only one other newsworthy story this week, and that was uh, Leeds winning the Fair Play Award. What do we think to that? Very well deserved, I'd say. Can't see any problems with it at all. I think it's very fair. Fairest team in the world. If there's an issue with it, it's that we're too fair. Isn't there a bit of an issue with that team who questioned our integrity? Haven't they had something on this week that we're not going to talk about? Nope. Right, on to today's fixture. James, take us through it. So it's Leeds United versus Charlton at the Valley in London. We've had one win since 2003 against Charlton. The last time we beat them at the Valley was 2013 with the infamous Ross McFormack, where he bagged four in that game. Uh, Interesting looking at the stats. um, It's a complete turnaround from us, really, because we had 38% possession on that day with four shots on target. Paul and I are going. We're in the kitchen at the moment, and once we've finished uh, recording this, we're going to get in the car and drive down to London. I've already been in the car, and it's pretty treacherous out there, so everyone, I know that this goes out after, but I hope everyone's arrived safely and drives really carefully. No one like having a, a drink or anything, is that what you're saying? No, you just got to really focus on the road and be really careful when you're out there. Sound advice, that, Paul, sound advice. So for the game, um, I'm probably going to try and listen, maybe see some visuals somehow. Uh, through LUTV, we'll see. Well, mine's not as exciting as my last trip there, which was the Ross McFormack game. <laughs> it's the uh, it's it's Mrs. Mrs. Andy's thirtieth birthday today, so many happy returns. Not not really. I'm going to be on some bloody farm with some animals with the kids being bored. Yeah, happy returns for her, not you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all about her. It is today, mate. Well, you'd think so while I'm sat in my car outside the house recording a podcast. I was just going to say that. We have got we have like a video link for everyone to talk to and uh, everyone's in their current locations. I'm sat in my pyjamas because it's early in the morning. Paul and Matt are in the kitchen and I've got Andy just sat outside in a cold car. Brilliant. Heated seats. I'm all right. I'm a player. <laughs> so team news for today. There's no Pablo. So Marcelo says uh, Costa will start, which a lot of people have been clamouring for. Probably not in place of Pablo. Does that mean that Harrison's going to keep his place? Yeah, you'd imagine Harrison will keep his place. I've had a theory about Bielsa for a while, and it also would explain why we had so many injuries last season, if it's true. I think that if he wants to drop a player, he doesn't just say they're dropped. He comes up with some sort of injury for them, and I think that that's what's happening with Pablo. He's decided the team needs to change, so he said he's, he's injured for a few weeks. Or he's kicking them in the tunnel or something. I don't think that's likely from somebody who's just won a fair play award, James. It's a very good point. Is there any chance that Nketiah will start? Nope. No, it'll be Bamford today. He'll have another great game. He's going to bag at least two today, is my, my mate Paddy. Perfect. Well, not much coming out of Charlton other than uh, 
an old favourite, Jason Pierce, may return from injury. What did they say about Jason Pierce, the Pompey fans, that if you threw a brick up in the air, he'd, he'd head it? I think that's down to how thick he is rather than how hard he is. Allegedly. Might not be thick. You don't. Do you have his CV? Yeah, he spelt it wrong. Liboya, Liboya. How many caps should Liboya have had for England? That's a really difficult question to answer. Inevitably, it's a lot more than he got, isn't it? Because he was outstanding. Didn't he just get the one cap? Yeah. I think that if he played for another club, we won't name names, but I think if he'd played for another club, he'd have played a lot more for England. I mean, he was a bit of a thug, but he was our thug, wasn't he? So what's what's the odds today, James? So the odds today are Leeds to win uh, five to nine, draw thirty nine to eleven, and Charlton win eleven to two. Uh, on Twitter, the poll at the minute is well, it's definitely not biased. I say this every time. Uh, again, predominantly Leeds fans clicking on this, but Leeds to win ninety one percent, a draw six percent, Charlton to win three percent. A few score predictions for you. 3-1, Bamford, Costa and Eddie to score uh, from Chris Pickle, so we'll see. Sarah said 3-0 Leeds and James C. Midford has said 2-0 Bamford and Eddie. So we'll see. I'll take that. I'll take any of them. I had a quick look on the uh, Charlton Forum. It was very uh, very nice and orderly. It was largely a lot of Spygate chat. But they've they've started this term, I think I've read this a few times in the last week, referring to us as Leeds United Championship Winners 2020. They do recognise that they think that we play the best football in the division, but they think we assume that we're going to win the league, which I think there's literally no Leeds fan who thinks we're going to win the league, surely. No, I think we all think that we should win the league, but we won't. I think we'll win the league. Oh, Andy. It's only September, mate. Yeah, it'll be tied up by Christmas, so quit your whinging. <laughs> if we top by Christmas, we'll definitely go up. Happened last time, didn't it? I think that says it all. Yeah, we were up by Christmas, but then actually, ties in nicely, today's referee is John Brooks, who last refereed us in the 2-0 home defeat on 29th of December against Hull. Yeah, so that was the po- that was the post-Christmas start of the slump. Yeah, it was. It was a miserable day, that. It was weird because it was then backed up by the Forest game, which I think we deserved to win despite being down to 10 men and... It was just a strange period of time. That was the first time we'd lost back-to-back games under Bielsa. And it was a strange time where a bit of uncertainty probably crept in. Right, predictions. Uh, Andy, tell us what you're thinking. I reckon that that pickle fella read my mind because I think it's going to be 3-1. And I reckon that Bamford, Costa and Eddie will all score. Now, I did say I thought that Bamford would get two, but I think that's being greedy. I think it's going to be 3-1 and that pickle guy's a genius. Brilliant, James. What are you thinking? We've only been down for four minutes of all of our football matches, which is pretty staggering. I think it's the least amount of time any club has been down across the top four divisions, which is amazing, really. So I actually think we're going to concede first in this one, but we'll we'll win uh, 2-1. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think I think Charlton are probably better than we think. They've got a lot of energy. Um and we're away from home. I know we, that's been better for us so far, but I think we're, we're in for a challenge today. Well, what Lee Bowyer said is that a lot of teams do sit back even when they're at home, but he's not. They're going to stick to their plan A and they're going to go for it. So should be a really exciting game. I think 2-0 Leeds win. Matt, what are you and your colleagues saying on the when you've got the round together around the table at that sports desk? What have you said? <laughs> oh, I've no idea what they've said, actually. I've not checked, but... Um... 
I've gone for, I, I agree with James, I think a tight Leeds win. So I've gone for 1 0 this week. Ooh. But I expect I expect us to be dominant. I expect us to be the better side as we usually are. But I think that we'll uh, uh, we'll have to rely on a single goal. So one nil. Right. So close it out. Then uh, one word to describe how you're feeling about the game, Andy. What's your word? Robbed. I feel robbed of my uh, privilege and duty to watch football today. So robbed. Again, happy birthday to Andy's uh, significant other, James. You nervous? I am reverting back to nervous today. <laughs> I'm nervous because, well, there's various reasons, but we're now chasing uh, the the top place in the league because Forrest won. And I feel like, yeah, we need to start hitting the back of the net very soon to get confidence, especially going into uh, West Brom on Tuesday. So, yeah, feeling nervous. Brilliant. Matt, what's your word? Uh, Probably the opposite of that. I'm upbeat. I think we've got a good chance today. Brilliant. And I'm excited because I'm looking forward to the trip down the motorway and... uh, hopefully picking up the three points. So we'll uh, look forward to uh, catching up after the game. It's finished 1-0 at the Valley to Lee Bowyer's Charlton Athletic. Disappointing result in the capital for us. Uh, It felt like we should have got more out of that match. What do you reckon? Well, did anyone predict that we were going to lose? No. So that no. was all the predictions down the pan? I did predict that Charlton would score first, so... I think I predicted a Patrick Bamford volley, and he certainly volleyed their player into the stands, didn't he? I think I missed that, even though I was there. Oh, mate, it was a hell of a connection. If he only did that with a ball, we could have won like 15 nil. 15-1, well, sorry. I thought that the guy overreacted, but was that not true? It were daft. It were really daft. Um, obviously, I missed the... Uh, the first half, because I was out and about in a creepy little adventure park in the middle of Suffolk. But then I got back and managed to watch the second half and see Leeds just miss chance after chance after chance after chance. What did you think of the second half, Andy? It was frustrating. I, I listened to most of the first half and thought that we'd just dominated and I'd read all the stuff saying we'd dominated and done well. And then the second half started, I thought we didn't really get going. Um, I thought it was a bit disjointed for a Marcelo Bielsa Leeds United team. And then I also thought that we were a bit unlucky with the chances. They defended very, very well, but we just looked frustrated and looked like we started to believe our own issues, that we can't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. I thought that we played better in the first half than we did in the second half. I don't know what you think, Paul. We, I think we, we absolutely flew out of the blocks in the first minute, didn't we? And the, the, probably the first minute of the game was probably our best minute of the game. We seem to be very hesitant or making poor choices in the final, well, in the box. We're shooting when we should pass and we're passing when we should shoot. For me, we missed Pablo Hernandez massively. I was expecting huge things from Costa and he didn't deliver. It was a decaffeinated performance from Helder Costa. Nice pun. So everyone's always talking about stats, aren't they, with us? It's always about us dominating possession, dominating shots, uh, dominating our passing. So where is it we're actually going wrong? Do you think we're going wrong? Do we need to be worried? When it ticks, it's going to tick and it's going to be glorious. We're going to give someone a complete pummeling and it's just around the corner. I think keep going as we are. We're a confidence team. Luckily, the players still look fairly confident in what they're doing. Although, as I said before, they looked a little bit devoid second half. But that's after 60 minutes of frustration, isn't it? 
I think keep going as we are, take a few chances, and we'll we'll start smashing again. Uh, the, the problem for me is what everyone's talking about is how ropey we look from set pieces. I personally think that the problem is that we are excellent in two thirds of the field, and then in the final third, it's the quality of the chances that we're creating, and that's because of teams sitting back on on us, and we can't create chances which are of a good enough quality to mean that they're an absolute sitter. Although having watched the game back, there were a, there were a couple in the game yesterday that we definitely should have put away. But some heroic defensive efforts from Charlton, to be fair. We spoke about it the other day when uh, we referred back to when Kelvin Davis had that blinder for Southampton. Uh, we lost 1-0. There's a few performances like that, I felt, because at the end when Forshaw missed, that defender, I mean, I've got no idea how he blocked that. Yeah, they did, they did defend well, to be fair to them. Um, it was hard to see from where we were, actually, because we were towards the back of the away end. So the goal line was pretty much out of our view. So um, there were a few times when the ball was bobbling around and we just assumed it was ending up in the back of the net and it didn't and we couldn't work out why. So that's why I've watched back the highlights today. It seemed to me like we were hoping that class would prevail, but it turned out that they just wanted it more. I think that's the only way I can summarise it. I don't think we necessarily didn't want it. I think we were kind of going class is permanent. That's not true. It, it looked more from it looked more from the defensive efforts they were putting in. They looked like they'd die for the ball. That Jason Pierce fellow had a brick if you threw one at him. They played the usual the usual tactic of uh, trying to win free kicks against us and winding down the clock as fast as they could, and um, they it paid off for them. But they they didn't offer much. They didn't offer anything particularly special. To be honest, I felt that the second half our main problem was that we'd brought on Nketia and um, Forshaw. And we pushed so many players forward that we didn't have anybody kind of behind the front players doing the work that we're normally so good at. So we totally lost our shape, um, and we we didn't get we didn't get into our groove in the second half anywhere near as much as we were in the third in the first half. And I think that I, I actually think Bielsa is vindicated in his ideas that we stick to what we're good at. And if I reckon if we'd have come out second half and played the way we played in the first half, we'd have had a better chance of getting an equaliser and maybe a winner than we did in the end. Does anybody else think that we were missing Pablo yesterday or just me? I think it's the easiest thing to go to because it's obvious Costa came in in, repl- in in place of Pablo but didn't do any of the the work that Pablo does. He didn't play in the same way that Pablo does. So it, so in that sense, we definitely did miss Pablo but I don't know if Costa's ever going to do the same thing that Pablo would have been doing. It's hard to say that we missed anybody because at the end of the day, yet again, we played well. And everybody's judgment of the game is clouded by the fact that we lost. We could have played exactly the same way and won 1-0 and everybody would have said it was a great away performance. And that's just that's just the fact of the matter. The teams where we've annoyingly not won, if you think back to even like Birmingham last year because they beat us twice... They just set up in a way that's just so rigid and, and doesn't allow us to play fluidly in the final third. And I think that teams can't play football like we do. So they play a game and the game is just stay as rigid as possible. And when you get a chance, try and take it. And that's it. If we start taking our chances, we'll start winning matches because we have far more chances than any other team does against us. Yeah, when you look at it, in the cold light of day, that's definitely true. But Andy's got a point as well that a team has got to have a certain amount of effort and ability in order to make that plan work. 
And you would imagine at some point we're going to come up against a team that tries that and fails miserably and we put four or five past them. Do you think that is a, the likes of a, a West Brom coming up on Tuesday? Uh, partly why it happened last year as well. Is it a Fulham? I think it's more likely to be a Huddersfield, but maybe. I think I think it'll be a totally different game on Tuesday because West Brom aren't going to aren't going to try that tactic. We said this last year though. Remember before we uh, beat West Brom four nil at home, we lost a game that we should have won on paper. So it be very much leads that to go pump West Brom on Tuesday. But I'm not going to say it in case anyone's listening. I'm never going back to the valley. <laughs> we had a good day out, Paul. I don't know what you're talking about. I've been three times and we've never won, and it had that air of inevitability about it yesterday because we met up with one of Matt's uh, former colleagues who every time I've met him we've lost as well so he's, I think they wanted a shout out so that's his shout out yeah we've got a shout out to Chris, Paul and Hans who uh, we were, were in the pub with before the game and said if you don't give us a shout out then we're not listening to the podcast anymore So there <laughs> can you we go. tell them not to come to a game again as well well he, he declared himself out Chris said like, <laughs> he said that's him done so Hopefully that'll <laughs> prove to be our upturn. But yeah, London's nice. <laughs> no, it's not. Just the valley. I, I, walk, I walk towards the valley and just have that fit, sinking feeling. Last time we went on a supporters club bus and missed kickoff, despite having been in London since 7am. Yeah, it was a lot more civilised yesterday. It certainly was. Let's try and get some perspective on, uh, on, on Leeds United. I'm going to play you this little theme tune, all right? How are we doing? So people are going to wonder what the hell that's all about. Um, so thanks to Donny from the Adelites for doing a, a jingle for the for this segment of the podcast. Uh, Adelites have supported us from the start really so we really appreciate it although uh i don't think they were big fans of ailing to our agadoo cover unfortunately but yeah th- no one's perfect no one's perfect <laughs> but yeah this segment what we wanted to do is just kind of uh, try and get a bit of perspective on where we are against previous champions so it's called tracking wolves um the the tracking wolves element is because wolverhampton in 2017-2018 had uh, a very good season and uh, we're going to use that as the barometer so how do you think we fare against Wolves from that year? We've got to be slightly behind them now, surely. I'll go with that. I think we've just fallen off the pace after that last defeat. Yeah, I mean, we're on 17 points. They were on 20. So we're one win behind them at this stage. And if you look across the board for the last five seasons, all the teams that have been promoted are around about those sort of points. Some even lower. Some are on like 11, uh, 12. So... I think the whole point is to just try and get a bit of perspective with this and, and just think, you know, look, you're not going to win every game as disappointing and disheartening as it is because the amount of pressure we're piling on on ourselves, you know, there's a long, long way to go. This feature might come rate depressing by March though, might it? We might have to bin it off by Christmas, let's be honest. <laughs> what, when we've won it by Christmas? <laughs> I think there's a, um, Ellen Road, there's a giant panic button on the wall that we press far too often. And um, it reminds me a little bit of the start of 2006, 2007. We just um, lost in the playoffs that year before and everybody thought we're going to have another crack at promotion the following year. We started that season pretty well performance-wise. I remember Blackwell's team was playing better football than it had the year before. 
creating chances but not winning games. I, I would recommend anybody go back to uh, Crystal Palace 1, Leeds United 0 at Sellers Park in the early part of that season when this Clinton Morrison scored in the last minute. Um, we played absolutely fantastically that day. Um, we're down to 10 men and just lost out in the last minute. And more and more people started getting irate and panicking about where we were going. And in the end, we ended up getting relegated that season. <laughs> I'm not for a mo- moment suggesting that's going to happen this year. But I think that we've got to uh, we've got to keep the faith and we've got to stick with you know what we know we're good at and what we we know has worked in the past. And I think if everybody just sticks together and doesn't you know throw themselves off a cliff over a defeat away to Charlton, then we'll probably come back and put in a good performance on Tuesday night. Are we going to pay fifteen million quid for Elder Costa in League One? It's a, it's a great question. There's a fine line between uh, arrogance, ignorance. And belief, isn't there? And I think we need a lot of the latter. Uh, we need so much belief. I think you can just... You, I know we keep talking about it, but you can feel it in Ellen Road. You can you can hear us hovering over the panic button, Matthew. And, uh, and yeah, I think if everyone just keeps believing and just keeps supporting, it'll come. If you go on... Uh, if you're on Wacko this weekend, then there are quite a lot of people who've pressed the panic button. And I would I would urge them to uh, to press cancel at the earliest possible opportunity. It's worth bearing in mind as well that we're very good at doing the opposite as a fan base. People do get quite carried away after a couple of uh, decent wins. So uh, we we need to just find some way of levelling ourselves out. We level ourselves out with the occasional loss, I think. It's it's inevitable of a, a, you know... A title winning season or a promotion season you look at you look at all these other previous seasons and on average they lose eight or nine times so you can have losses you just got to deal with it well it reminds me of something matt said yesterday on train on the way back into london he said that oh, maybe we're not going to be one of those teams that start the league we'll just have the odd loss and draw here and there so you know in that respect quite yesterday was part of that process wasn't it yeah, and at the end of the day, we keep saying it. Every every time we get together, we say it, but we've been the best team in every single game we've played in the league this season. Uh, that didn't change yesterday. Um, so as long as we keep that up, then you would hope we win enough games to get ourselves up. I'd even take the odd game where we're not the best team and we win. Those are the best kind yeah. of wins then. Yeah, that does. that's not going to happen. Well, it's happened for every team that's played us that's won. Yeah, that's exactly what Charlton have done. It's what Swansea did. But it's not how we play. No, it isn't. No, I know it's not how we play. And I'm not saying that that's what we want to do to win. But it does happen, though. You know, from time to time, we play badly and we'll we'll get a result. That's just the way f- football goes, isn't it? I don't think it will be that way under Bielsa, but I would definitely take it. So we might have a game against the likes of Fulham or West Brom and it turns out that way. They're the sort of teams that we're talking about that that could happen. Most teams in the league will outplay, but the ones where it's a challenge, they're the, that's the way the result could go. I think we're going to outplay everyone twice. Before we wrap up today, I've got a uh, a quick quick game of uh, where did they come from, where did they go for you? Oh yeah, go on. Go on. Do you want to play the jingle? Play the jingle! Where did they come from, where did they go? They've all played at Ellen Road. Where did they come from, where did they go? Where did they go from Ellen Road? Where did they come from, where did they go? They've all played at Ellen Road. Where did they come from, where did they go? Where did they go from Ellen Road? All right, just one player, Lee Bowyer. Yeah. Where did he come from? Charlton Athletic. Where did he go? West Ham United. Oh, but well done, Andy. 
You sound you sound surprised. Yeah, I didn't think you were going to get that. The reason I bring him up was because um, yesterday when Jason Pierce came on, the Leeds end booed him, and I, I think Jason Pierce was a player who did his best for the club. He was quite a limited player, um, but while he was here, he put in a performance. He was professional. He got he got forced out by Massimo Cellino, who's one of the biggest clowns that we've had running the, the place. He was skipper too for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And he got booed when he came on. And then at the end of the game, Lee Bowyer came over to the away end and he got the biggest round of applause, lots of chance. Uh, he, and, and he was a player who cost us an awful lot of money because he refused to go to Liverpool for £9 million and then went to West Ham for very little indeed. Obviously caused a lot of trouble at the club. Um, with his uh, antics in Leeds City Centre and uh, all the court case and everything that that brought upon us. Um, so I, I just don't understand what goes through fans' heads sometimes. Not everybody was uh, cheering him and giving him a hero's welcome. There was one bloke stood in front of me uh, booing Matt. Yeah, well, I think I, I think he deserved it. I think he deserved it. Was it Matt stood in front of you by any chance, Paul? Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> It was it was one of those situations where there'd already been a little bit of argy bargy because I, not not with us, but just to the left of us. And it's one of those things where emotions are heightened, we're just lost. A lot of people have had a lot of alcohol and uh you just wanna get out of there and get on the train. And get to the aqua shard as soon as you can. Definitely get on the train, yeah, you don't want to get in a car and drive it or anything do you well last night was particularly treacherous I'd, I'd like to place on record my thanks to Matt for his exceptional driving back from Stevenage because it was it was awful it was awful on the road so yep I drove very safely I had I had diet coke all, all day uh, diet coke all day got in the car and drove very very carefully through the rain through the night back to Leeds because um, that's what you do, isn't it? I don't want to bring disrepute on any of us or on our podcast. It's all a reputational thing. Don't want to send our season careering into the the side of the road or anything like that. So, you know, you've got to be careful with these yeah, things. Yeah, I'd just like to thank you for that. Yeah, you don't want to ram raid into one of your mates, do you? No, no. You've got to look after your mates. Who was everybody's man of the match yesterday? Um, for me, it was between two players. Ben White, who seems to be a contender every game he plays. Although I think he, I think he made his first ever mistake in a lead shirt yesterday. I can't even remember quite what it was, but I remember he. Uh, I think he was in the corner and he turned and p- played a pass which went straight to a Charlton player. But other than that, he was exceptional as usual. But actually, I'm giving it to Stuart Dallas, who's been another consistent performer this season. He had a, another very good game. Um, obviously, it didn't amount to much, but I think he was our best player. Yeah, I was going to say, for me, I, as I said before, I only caught really the second half that I can fully kind of chat about. But for me, Stu Dallas stood out. He's just up and down, Mr. Consistent, as you say. Um, again, honourable shout out to Patrick Bamford for that volley on that Charlton player. Uh, I, I, I went with Stuart Dallas I think, as well. I think that he just did everything that you would expect of him, um, was really efficient in it and um, I'd like to see him shooting a bit more often. He was one of the ones that I think passed on a couple of times when he could have shot because his goal return has been pretty decent and I think he's due another one. Fingers crossed for Tuesday. Stuart Dallas for me as well. 
he has been our most consistent player and I'm and I fear for Luke Ayling and him getting back in the team because he's been exceptional. What's everyone's final word then? Final word on Charlton. Andy? Well, I started with Robbed and I'm going to stick with Robbed as in we was Robbed. Uh, I think we robbed ourselves though by lack of taking opportunities and lack of being switched on at set pieces. We was robbed by us. Uh, James, what are you thinking? Forward. Just want to get past this. It's another bump in the road, and I'm just pleased it's over. And let's uh, take the game to West Brom on Tuesday. Matt? Well, my pre-match word was upbeat. I think my post-match word has got to be downbeat because I've been pretty gutted since the uh, since the end of the game. But I've got to try and uh, put it into some sort of perspective to try and counteract all of the anguish that's out there in Leeds United social media and uh, online at the moment. I really don't think that it's time to be completely changing everything in the team, the lineup, the formation, starting having to go at the manager and everything. I think it's just take it on the chin and move on. And I think unlike the Swansea game where we had more than two weeks to wait until we had another game, we've got one on Tuesday night and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll come out of that one and show everybody what we can do. Yeah, I'm going to pinch Andy's word and go for pummeling uh, because hopefully that's what somebody, some team is due just around the corner. And on another day, I think that's what Charlton would have got. It felt that way in the first couple of minutes. So on to the next one. Let's put that game behind us, get on to the next one. We've got plenty of content coming up. Follow at Leeds that. See you next time for West Brom, guys. See you then. Podcast Network.